Hello, we everyone, were... <laughs> and welcome to the show. Just I'm there. <laughs> we are ready, Kirsten. We're ready. I literally just interrupted. I thought you said we were ready. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go. All right. Take two. and welcome to the show i'm blair and i'm kirsten and we are mediocre, mediocre content. content and i think this is gonna be a good episode yeah <laughs> i'm ready for the uh vacay of my dreams girl <laughs> we got a lot to talk about in this yeah, one all right y'all are not ready but <laughs> there is light at the end of the tunnel so if you think that i'm gonna Say that you can never go on a cruise ship ever again <laughs> you would be wrong <laughs> so just you know hang in there the first half is gonna be a little uh depressing so just be aware <laughs> i mean to be fair even if we did say yeah never do that this is not a place where you take advice and <laughs> oh true you're right you're right so technically right. we could say <laughs> oh my god yeah but uh yeah, no advice. So, no like, advice. honestly, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't heed our warnings at all. <laughs> don't. Um, but you know, if you want to learn about how cruise ships are bad for the environment <laughs> and how um you can cruise responsibly, <laughs> then keep listening. Blair's environmental cruise talk. Exactly. <laughs> our, um, our science corner has evolved to the science episode. <laughs> this is, I mean, all of our episodes are science episodes from now. Like we should just mediocre con it should be mediocre science content. Honestly. <laughs> it should be like the name. It should be like wannabe science teachers have that's a podcast. Fair. That's yeah. what our podcast should be. No, you're right. You're right. I think that's fair. <laughs> um all right. I want I'll I'll do the disclaimer if you want cuz you've got a lot to talk about if you if you decide. Yeah, I'll talk fast. It's going to be good though. Um yeah. yeah, so like I did I feel like we kind of covered the disclaimer. Yeah. But... But obviously, no advice, do your own research, encourage encourage. And that's it. Blah 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah blah blah. You know the blah, spiel. Blah, blah. <laughs> you got it down pat. Um so I'll jump us into good news, which is also science related. So woo! <laughs> Kirsten <Woo>. Science Corner. <laughs> we need to make like a little jingle. I'll get on that. Let okay. me put that on my list. Blair is going to get a jingle. jingle. <laughs> Watch. We'll see you next time when we put the jingle on there. It won't be science related. I'll just spoof you. you I know. know. It's going to be like <laughs> Kirsten Science Corner. And now talking about candy or like some kind of or, you know. Yeah. Something I, random. I, I honestly, the first thing that came to my brain <laughs> was science related. So I don't know what's wrong with me. Bias. <laughs> uh, okay. So our first bit of science news has to do with a vaccine that the FDA has just approved. And it is also one of the first of its kind. And that is a RSV vaccine that was approved on May 3rd. And this is to prevent something called respiratory ailment. And it is a milestone in the search for a way to protect older people from this virus. 
the shot was developed by the pharmaceutical company GSK and a Pfizer vaccine for pregnant women and the elderly is also nearing approval, which is also great. Uh, most people with RSV or respiratory syncytial virus don't come for me on the pronunciation uh, report having mild to moderate cold symptoms. However, Older people are significantly more vulnerable, and every year more than 60,000 American seniors land in the hospital because of RSV. So this is a big problem. Indeed. Uh, It can also be very serious for babies, which I'm sure a lot of us have been hearing in the news recently. So it doesn't just affect the elderly. It also affects babies. Uh, And of course, those who have underlying conditions and struggle with breathing in general can be hospitalized in pediatric intensive care units or, of course, if you're older in just ICU units, depending on the severity of your issues. Um, Regulators also now uh, are reviewing a monoclonal antibody treatment for babies, which would be developed by Sanofi and AstraZeneca. So they're making progress. They've already got one vaccine approved. So we're headed in the right direction. And this has been a very serious issue, as I said recently. So it's good to see that they're making some improvements and also have more on the way. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. And Uh, just a small addition to that is you know, I'm so glad they're making a vaccine for this, but also if you or someone, you know, has RSV, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also, you know, just remember that a lot of people get the flu every year and some elderly people die from the flu every year. And we, you know, just be aware. So it's kind of the same thing. So just, you know, take a deep breath. <laughs> That's kind of punny, don't you think? Hey, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Dang, Blair. <laughs> Take a shallow breath as best you can. Use your inhaler. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Take a few huffs of breath to the best of your abilities. But yeah, so just every you know, with a grain of salt, get your yeah. vaccines. You know, yeah. Just be smart about it. Do your research. Yeah, as always. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in Norway, um. They are now leading the way to electric vehicles. So drive up to a gas station and you'll find tons of charging pumps over in Norway. Last year, 80% of Norway's new car sales were electric and the country plans to phase out gas-powered cars entirely by 2025, which is huge goals because if you don't know, it's currently 2023. (laughs) So they got two years to make it happen. Um, Yet another way in which Scandinavian <laughs> countries are blowing us out of the water. I mean, I just, uh, okay, a, sl- a slight side note on that then. My one thing about, uh, I guess, comparisons is yeah. that's really fantastic. And there's more, you know, in this article about it. But it's also on scale. So I think scale is also important. Like comparatively, the United States is significantly more vast. It has a lot of different laws and and different, you know, it's just a little more complicated. But it's different. It is different. But I think moving in that direction is still good. And I think learning from these countries and learning from their strategies is a good idea just to see what worked, what didn't work. You know, what are we currently doing? You know what I mean? Like, just kind of compare in that way. I agree. And that was not me trying to, like, (laughs) shade them in any way. It's just I hear about this all the time. And I I love like I want to go to there. Like, it's great. It's great. 
it's great and they have like beautiful christmas markets there and everyone's so happy all the time because they're like top rated in like citizen happiness Blair's real reason the christmas christmas markets (laughs) happiness bicycles um hot drinks i don't you know because it's cold all the time i don't know it just seems very cozy up there i don't it just seems nice yeah and they're doing everything they can for the climate and yeah. everyone's on board and it just seems so like yeah great but i don't know and and yeah. i and that's i mean scale I love, too, the country yeah. that we live in is lovely but we also have our problems and like i just anybody, feel like yeah. every time every time i feel every time i hear something about norway it's or like good. sweden it's yeah. always like amazing it's like everyone wants to be us and i'm just like <laughs> i can't <laughs> With the hair flip. With the hair flip. <laughs> Everyone wants to be us. Hair flip insert here. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It just, I, yeah. and yeah. So no shade or anything. No. I admire them for what they're doing, but no. also like, I kind yeah. of feel like the ugly cousin or something over here. It just takes a little bit longer. We're, we're a little bit bigger with a lot of differences of opinions that affect our legislature and movement. I would say. <laughs> Yeah, that's the nice way to say it. A political channel, right? Yeah. yeah, it's just it's a lot of different. There's a lot of different um uh, thoughts in the hat on this side that don't always align. You know, uh-huh. yeah, uh, that's my nice way of putting it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so so far, Norway's experience suggests that electric vehicles bring benefits without the dire consequences predicted by some critics. So, uh, you'll also hear. Um, I know recently when. Tesla was first kind of coming out and starting to get big and they were starting to promote more. One of the questions was, okay, well, what do we do with the batteries afterwards? Because now you have these giant batteries that, you know, decomposition, how do you dispose of them? That takes more uh, energy to dispose of than it does to just drive, you know, a a gas powered vehicle for some depending. So those are some of the controversies that have come up. So it sounds like Norway is kind of tackling a lot of those and kind of showing mm-hmm. that it may not be as extreme as you might think to kind of deal with those problems is my mm-hmm. understanding. Um, the air in Oslo is cleaner, which I'm assuming is their version of the electric vehicle, just the name of it. Um, uh, no, Oslo is a place. Is a place. Okay. So um, Oslo is the it really quick. Okay, good. Oslo. Um, that was the only confusing part about this. It was just like the air in Oslo is cleaner, but it never like said. Yeah. <laughs> it Oslo, never like said. I, I believe <clears throat> is a very large city, maybe the capital of Norway. Perfect. Cultured. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Um, but they're saying that the air there is cleaner with greenhouse gas emissions that dropped 30% since 2009. And that is a huge number. Um, may seem trivial. However, when you're talking about emissions and the reduction of emissions, that's extreme progress. Totally. Um, I agree. And there hasn't been an uptick in unemployment at gas stations or auto mechanics, nor significant strain on electrical grids. Also a big deal because I know, at least here in the States, one of the biggest issues that we have with a lot of these changes is the potential for unemployment exactly, um, and maintaining jobs because that's important. People need to survive and live. Well, so- and I think one of um, when we were doing the cars episode with mm-hmm. Chris, your brother, Chris, yeah, um, he was 
concerned because I admitted to having a Tesla and he was like, well, I don't like your car because it puts me out of a job. And I like, I saw, and I get that. That's like totally reasonable. Right. Um, so that's really interesting. Yeah. And I guess it depends on the field, right? Like it hasn't shown a big uptick. I'm sure there's still unemployment and I'm sure some of it is still affected by that, but it's not like this massive onslaught of just jobs gone, you know? Right. Um, So that's important to note. Um, And while there have been a few changes, like new EV drivers struggling to learn how to plug in their cars, um, different tax breaks and easily available charging stations took away all of those friction factors. Um, And that was a quote by the CEO of Volvo Cars, uh, Jim Rowan. So there are good things. There are still kinks, I'm sure, that they have to work out and be conscious of as time progresses. But I think this is always good information to share that somebody mm-hmm. out there is doing it pretty effectively without major yeah. setbacks. Um, yeah. So it can be done. Again, going to our previous conversation, it's just like scale and uh, speed and those kinds of things. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure they have like just from a car perspective, they have probably mm-hmm. less cars than we do because yes. there's public transportation and like bicycle transportation is like huge over in Europe in general. So, I mean, the number of cars is like very different than what it is here. And that's just because things could be closer together. Like again, the States are very vast and not everybody lives in a major city. What? It's true. And and the fact, and the fact that like the auto industry basically said, don't put in public transportation and we'll just have everybody drive cars. For sure that too. But to be fair, also, I don't, (laughs) knowing where I came from is like, if somebody had to work in Richmond and you lived in Mechanicsville, number one, you could have public transportation, but in most cases to get to that, you'd have to find a way to be to get there at, to get there because you're so far right. out of the city so like right it's kind of a but, weird mixture of problems yeah but if the city decided to invest and expand in public transportation out into mechanicsville <laughs> or like wherever it is you know just the thought. i you know i'm i think about this a lot i think clearly about the amount of cars we have and like yeah. how much more i would want public transportation like you have you seen the um memes online where it's like millennials want two things they one of those things is a bullet train from the east coast to the west coast that would japan has be nice. it <laughs> japan has it why don't we have it i mean that's yeah. fair so anyway i I, mm-hmm. I i relate to that so much i love public transportation i have ridden a lot of public transportation and i love it so much i'm glad that's probably where we differ <laughs> One one thing about me is public transportation, public transportation is like my favorite thing. That's good. Uh, I don't like it, but that's a topic for another time. Okay. <laughs> um, but technically, it's kind of on topic. This is a different kind I of mean, transportation. Yeah. So this is an ex- this is like voluntary public transportation. Yeah. 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 Um. <clears throat> so, like I said earlier, we are talking <laughs> about cruise ships today. So fun. And if you have never been on a cruise ship, some food for thought in this episode. <laughs> um, as you guys know from, I believe, a couple of episodes ago, mm-hmm. maybe a month ago, I can't really remember. I did go on my first cruise this year mm-hmm. and it was not an ideal situation. Um, 
not necessarily to the fault of the cruise line, but mm. it definitely, I don't think it would have been magical or like great <laughs> if the, like if everything had gone perfectly on my sure. cruise. Right. But we'll, but we'll talk about that, you know, later we'll do a little recap of that. <laughs> um, so just to put, just to get some perspective on like what cruise ships like what we're dealing with, I guess, mm-hmm. is so the total number of cruise ships in the world is 302. And that that's really low. I, well, yes, but that's mostly so the website that I looked at for this stat, they had like the 37 major cruise lines. Mm-hmm. So those are boats that hold as many as like 12,000 people to... 60 okay so okay. there there's probably like other smaller ships May, and yeah. other smaller cruise lines out there but okay. so like of like your carnival and you know Royal and virgin and like those big ones okay there, so i think it was like how many different ones yeah so 37 yeah different companies yeah. from all over the world there's uh, 302 <laughs> we have a cat visitor <laughs> bro he like never wants to come hang out and then Naturally. we're in the middle of something yeah anyway enjoy my cat's butt on the thank camera. you um <laughs> thanks jinx um so a total let's just say roughly of 302 cruise ships okay big big like cruise ships big. in the world <laughs> there are major there are 37 major cruise lines and each, like I said, the, let's see, it is the, it is the Royal Caribbean cruise mm. ships um, that have 26 ships, 112, well, almost 113,000 in capacity. Jeez. Yeah. Too many people. Right. <laughs> Just that's what I'm saying. That. Just that's what I'm people. saying. Yeah. So the and then the one. So that's they have the most, right? Yeah. And then your your Carnival and um, MSC Cruises, Norwegian Princess, and I I learned through my research that Carnival is actually a conglomerate of a lot of different. Not surprising. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of different cruise lines. So mm-hmm. their total in general is like much higher than right what is listed here um you know you've got your disney they mm-hmm. have five ships they only wow. have five but that is a total of seventeen thousand people that could be cruising with disney at any time you know and to be fair i, I was just kind of thinking you're like oh 302 is kind of low these are massive vessels now that i'm thinking yeah. about it like they they're are... floating cities like legit. <laughs> i know i was like well maybe 300 seems like a lot now <laughs> No, it it's they're <laughs> giant. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a lot. Um, and so potentially with mm-hmm. all 37 of the major cruise lines and all of their ships, you could have six um maybe six hundred and fifty thousand people cruising all at once if all right. the ships are like out like doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Which wow. is a lot. I mean, that's it's a not, lot in the scope of like the amount of people in the world. That's not a lot. Yeah, like, I think it's a, it's enough to impact you know the climate. 
I kind of so, want to know uh, how many people could be flying in the air right now. I'm going to look that up while you go on to your... Okay. Because <laughs> I right, just now want to compare it to like how many people are in the air right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot more airplanes, but they're smaller. So I don't know. Right. Exactly. An interesting thought. Thank you, Kirsten. You're welcome. I just want to compare <laughs> it. Uh, oh, okay. So depending on the source, about 500,000 people are estimated to be up in the air at any given time. So it's, it's oh. pretty comparable. Honestly. Yeah. No, that's that's about right. Okay. <laughs> I was just super curious. <laughs> Love that for us. Land, sea, and <laughs> <Land> water. <laughs> I like it. All right. So why basically why are cruise ships bad for the environment and how do they affect the environment that's what we want to know is it okay <laughs> yeah let's go because if we've got all like all of those ships all over the world you know we want to know why they could potentially be bad for us uh you got me thinking we need to do an airplane episode now we could we could do an planes. airplane episode <laughs> really stuck on it <laughs> one at a time Kirsten oh, one at a time <laughs> my brain is going too fast keep, keep just I'll just All ignore right. me <laughs> so an article from popular science um basically their tone for their article was don't go on a cruise it's bad for the environment and during COVID everything was better because we weren't going on cruises <laughs> and I was like you guys are very you're stressing me out this is too much I feel like a bad person now I went on my first cruise I'm probably oh. there's a good chance I might go on another one <laughs> so <clears throat> Here are some stats. Cruise ships burn up to 250 tons of fuel per day. One cruise ship produces roughly the same amount of carbon as 12,000 cars. But I don't know in what time frame. I'm I'm not sure mm. if it's like a week or a month oh, or like that's what fair. they they failed to, you know, include that. I wonder if it's just like per day then if it's 250 yeah. tons of fuel. Yeah, a day. Per day. Maybe it could be just 12. That's the equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. So anyway, um, the other thing is, is that cruise ships are poorly regulated. A lot of like the environmental um, impacts that they have or environmental issues that or rules that they break essentially go unreported. Nice. Um, Fun fact. It is. A study has stated that air quality on a cruise ship is like living in a large city. Also, and I think I think they mean I don't know if that means like outside or inside or both. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. Yeah, they have that big like smokestack on the on the top. Well, right, exactly. You are in open air and moving for the most part, though. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if they meant like the air filtration, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. from coming in and out or like if it's just on the deck. I'm not quite sure. But open air helps, I guess. Yeah. I I mean, obviously, open air doesn't help the environment because it's going into the open air. But like your air quality. (laughs) The air that's going into my lungs. Right. (laughs) Right. That air. Right. Um, so cruise ships use what is called bunker fuel. Bunker fuel is a thick tar-like fuel that's high in sulfur. And it comes from leftovers of the refin- refining process and used for large ships. Super fun. Sense. Yeah. Black carbon is often referred to as soot. And this is like coming from, that's a mm-hmm. byproduct of the fuel. Um, and it is produced by burning this fuel 
and also by wildfires. Makes so sense. if you're, yeah, you know, um, the EPA claims it is linked to cardiovascular disease, cancer, and birth defects. Which Not also surprising. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of this is revolutionary information. No. Um, black carbon is often burned by ships that travel near the Arctic and Antarctic, and the pollutant lands on the sea ice and snow, and then it melts them faster. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. It can also get into clouds and help evaporate them more quickly, which causes further warming because clouds help reflect sunlight. Um, the particulates from burning bunker fuel often get cleared out of the air through precipitation, thus eventually polluting the ocean. So although there is some fuel and oil and things that get into mm -hmm. the water, I think what they're trying to say here is that it affects the entire water cycle, basically. Right. Yeah. But I would love to know scale. I think Again, because if it's something that isn't just used on cruise ships, for example, like mm -hmm. how what percentage that's coming from cruise ships is also lumped into the total percentage of pollution we have going on. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, not that it matters less, just curiosity based. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think, too, you think of there's all of these other ships that are just right, um, like you know what I'm trying to say. But I yeah, can't say right. Because you just agreed with me, but it was like, <laughs> no, um, I got you. I understand <laughs> yeah. what you mean. So the there's other ships, ships aren't the only ships. Also, right. There's yeah. other ships that also do, um, like, what word I'm looking for? Um, they transport goods and and, yeah. and cargo ships. That's cargo what I'm looking ships for. And merchants yes, cargo and ships. stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So they're and not even to get into like the military side because they also have giant ships and things. They do. So it's like a this lot is of a their subset are nuclear. Are nuclear power? Oh, right. <laughs> well, so it's some, different. I mean, it's sure. A different kind of pollution. But it's yeah. a. But that's the thing. It's still pollution. So again, like what percentage and how? So, where is it lumped between everything? You know. So the only the only. Nuclear power's only pollutant is the actual like uranium that like gets buried in the middle of a desert somewhere. There's no other pollution that happens with nuclear power. What? Still pollution. I no, I understand, but it's like less than Okay. I don't know. I I get what you're saying and it's less in terms of that kind but i mean it's still pollution it's still not good right yeah you know? but like yeah yeah <laughs> there's still ships outside of cruise ships that are affecting this whole scenario too which is sad yeah <sighs> great um so the solution to this problem could potentially be the specifically the fuel problem, not the cruise right, ship right, problem, right, right, but the right. fuel problem could be implementing batteries to fuel ships, um, which would be less effect. So it would affect the air quality ozone layer, you know, mm -hmm. less CO2 into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, although, you know, com batteries are still, you know, right. getting rid of them is a problem. It's not emitting and making a hole in our ozone layer so right. batteries are more energy efficient for small to medium-sized ships that 
aren't going long distances, but for journeys longer than a few dozen miles. Mm. Hydrogen fuel cells are necessary um, for bigger ships for long distances. Um, so yeah. And so, cause, because the batteries become so heavy, the farther you want to go yeah. and you would be using up more. So it'd be better to do like a hydrogen fuel cell. Mm, okay. Um, some ferries are already being transitioned to battery power. A battery powered ferry in Denmark just set the record for the longest trip on a single charge by traveling 50 nautical miles again in Denmark. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Norway and yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That ferry is less than 200 feet long. Norway unveiled the world's largest battery powered ferry last year, which is over 400 feet long. And the world's largest hybrid ferry will start transporting passengers between Britain and France in the next few years. So, yeah, again, just another way that the Scandinavian countries are blowing the rest of the world out of the water in terms of like their energy use and things I like cannot, that. I cannot, I I'm living to see the day when we can implement that on things like cargo ships because that's fantastic and it's definitely a step in the right direction and I love to see the progress. But. I'd also love to see it being used for the larger things that aren't just like luxury travel or like back and forth between countries, but it's more like, um, I can't think of the word that I want to use. It's not economic, I guess, or maybe it is, but like these bigger operations that require these long distances, require these heavy loads. So like global transportation. Yeah. Yeah. Of I guess, like goods and resources yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I'm so excited. Supply chain. Supply yeah, chain. That's yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. I, I'm I I think it's great to use it on these smaller scales to see what it would take, but I would love I, I'm really excited for when it evolves into these larger scales. Yes, definitely. So the Friends of the Earth, um, which is an organization that I found during this research, um, <clears throat> they put a nice little graphic together uh, and they evaluated 18 major cruise lines on four different like environmental factors. So one of them is how they treat sewage. So moving on from fuel, I should say. So four other environmental factors, sewage treatment, um, so whether a cruise line has installed and published data on the most advanced sewage treatment systems available instead of dumping, dumping like minimally treated sewage into the water, because that's mm -hmm. a problem. Um, air pollution reduction. So we kind of already touched on that a little bit. Um, but basically, whether cruise lines have retrofitted its ships to plug in to available shoreside electrical grids instead of running their engines and polluting um, the water around the dock um, and then water quality compliance. So to what degree has cruise ship, has the cruise ship violated the 2010 to 2021 water pollution standards um, designed to better protect the Alaskan coast? I believe. So that was interesting to me that it was specifically the Alaskan coast and not just like water in general but i think mm -hmm. that this particular group is based in alaska oh, um and okay. that's why and 
also another thing that I found looking at different articles and stuff, which I thought was interesting is Alaska has a huge environmental conservation, um, push as well as, and especially with like water vehicles and, um, like fishing concerns, because I think Mm -hmm. it's a huge industry out there. So, they're much more strict on like what you can and can't do off the Alaska coast, as opposed to like, if you were to come down to California or something like that. That makes sense. From what I can tell. I don't know. Yeah. So just, you know, ignore me if that's wrong, but (laughs) it seemed like to me, they were like huge. They wanted the cruise ships to be like Mm -hmm. a specific, you know, meet a specific standard before they were to cruise on the Alaskan coast. Cause everyone talks about going on Alaskan cruises and stuff. Right. Like anyway, anyway, side tangent. Um, and the other thing that they evaluated was transparency. So did the cruise line respond to their requests for information, um, in regarding their environmental practices. And so they they put together this entire like report card, um, and no cruise ship line got an A not surprising. Um, a lot of F's. Um, yeah. the ones that got C C's, so Regent of the Seven C's got a C plus, and that hmm. that was the highest score. Um, they responded, they were able to respond um about their environmental practices. They they comply with water compliance. Their lowest score was air pollution reduction, and they were able to and their sewage treatment was up to standard so um disney is comes in at a c and then it just goes downhill from there also surprising (laughs) just something something to think about you know no shade but um yeah it's it's cool to look at we'll link it you guys can look Mm -hmm. at all the different all the different grades that they received um so the cruise industry has committed thousands of environmental violations over the past 20 years. They claim to be transparent and follow industry related guidelines, but without independent oversight, the industry will continue to violate environmental laws. I thought a lot about oil spills and things like that with this mm-hmm. topic. Um, just putting that out there. Um, because you, there's no, like no regulation basically mm-hmm. it's really hard to regulate like carnival corporation was on the u.s criminal probation from from 2017 to 2022 for illegally dumping dumping oily waste into the ocean nice yeah and during carnival's probation their cruise companies violated federal environmental laws by dumping wastewater oil and plastic into the ocean and polluting our air so without court oversight most of these violations would have never been appointed so one of the things that this particular organization feels needs to happen is there needs to be somebody on the cruise ship that's like an outside person to kind of monitor the practices and make sure everything's going the way that it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's kind of a problem is when um, cruise ships get rid of their sewage, it increases the algae algae growth mm-hmm. which yeah. reduces the available oxygen levels in the water and the manatees die <laughs> so upsetting 
Um, and it affects, you know, fish, People, shellfish, yeah. coral reefs, all aquatic life. And then it affects us because we can't eat what's mm-hmm. in the ocean. Right. Um, so the U.S. EPA estimates that a 3,000 person cruise ship generates 150,000 gallons of sewage per week. Mm-hmm. Um, which, fun fact, it can fill up 10 backyard swimming pools. I didn't need that fact, but thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And that adds up to more than 1 billion gallons of sewage a year for the industry. Mm. So that would have been, I mean, I guess if people, I was thinking like, well, wouldn't people, wouldn't that people have to go to the bathroom either way? Like it doesn't matter if you're going on a cruise ship or if you're going at home, but if you're going on land, it gets disposed of and it goes to a different path than if you're going on a cruise ship who doesn't dispose of it properly and just dumps it right into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on that note, I know this is a very <laughs> bleak topic right now. But so fun. <laughs> after the ad segment, we're going to talk <sighs> about ways that you guys can still go on cruises and the environment won't be as affected and it'll be much more delightful potentially for you so let's uh cruise on over to the ad sounds good man i'm glad this podcast is halfway over me too i'm not sure i'm even going to make it through the second half at this rate it's a good thing they call this mediocre content that way the public knows what they're signing up for before they even start listening i feel like the listener deserves a more direct warning about the true mediocrity of this podcast Agree. Let's send them into the second half with a real disclaimer. Mediocre content is far more mediocre than you think. If you think that's what's good for you, you listen to your own risk and moderation. We, the husbands of the Mediocre Content Podcast hosts, do not recommend you listen to our wife week after week and instead suggest small regular doses of their mediocrity at any given time. We should know. We live with them. All Mediocre Content Podcast listening is at your own risk. Good luck. Welcome back from the ad. How's it going? <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm hoping you have good news for us in this this half of the cruise yes. adventure. I'm excited. So I have I have some things to like consider. Um, information that is coming from the National Parks Conservation Association. Nice. Um, and their recommendation is basically we have to ask these questions. Okay. When we cruise. So the first question is, does the company partner with or donate money to any nonprofits that play a role in global global stewardship? Hmm. So this thing that you can find on the about us section of the cruise line. And I will also say that in this particular article, the person who wrote the article um, where these questions are coming from, they were crew they did an alaskan cruise on a smaller cruise line Mm -hmm. that was called uncruise and their whole thing is like responsible um responsible cruising Mm -hmm. i guess basically so have a low impact to the environment they um help the local economy where their cruise line is active Mm -hmm. and um so just keep that in mind, like with these questions, um, 
because the other thing is, is if you can't find this information about the cruise line, then it's probably not a good cruise line to pick if you're concerned about environmental impact. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, does the company partner with or donate money to any nonprofits or play a role in global stewardship? So basically, are they engaging with the communities in which they come in contact with? Right. Okay. Um, the second question is, how does money, how does the company manage its waste? So we're, you know, our three R's that we learned in third grade or whatever, <laughs> reduce, reuse, and recycle. Um, so if you think about it, you know, a lot of cruise lines, I know when we were cruising, they were like, you can get bottled water and that's like it. So, <laughs> or you can get a drink and right. like, you know, like yeah. an alcoholic in a cup mm-hmm. thing. So I feel like you have to be, you have to be conscious of and know how your cruise line disposes of, you know, plastic and, you know, mm-hmm. all of their other waste products you know we just talked about sewage in part one like we need to know what they're doing with that um and one of their tips is don't just ask whether cruise lines recycle but which items they recycle so like Mm -hmm. what kind of plastics because we all know there's different kinds of plastics too many and you know how they reduce the the use of disposable items when i was on my cruise though they did use paper straws nice so take that with a grain of salt i don't know I hate those, to be honest with you. Though. Yeah, they're the worst. I... They're literally the worst. It's so bad. I would take a compostable straw over that garbage uh, any day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. totally. Ugh. Um, third question. Does the company hire local guides and work with local souvenir vendors? This one I thought was interesting because I'd never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cruise line definitely has the ability to just reach out into the local economy and say, Hey, we have all these people coming. Yeah. What do you, what can you do to help us out and how can we like benefit your local economy? And I think that that's really cool. Um, especially when you're trying to get, like you're going on the cruise to travel to a place you've never been to before and you're trying to see like what the culture is there. Mm -hmm. So who better to learn from than the people who locally are there? I would say that's one thing that, I did find what, like, I don't necessarily know. Like, of course, there was, like, a freaking Ron John surf shop on one of the islands. But, like, not all of them. And some of them were too small. So a lot of them were kind of local. I don't remember what we wrote on, though. Cool. Remember. Maybe it is. Yeah, I feel like ours, our people were definitely hired by the cruise line. They were not, like, people who lived in the community. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant like the um the souvenir vendors that you go to oh. when you're on the island. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I highly doubt they use local guides, but I think like the souvenir vendors might have been. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, so does the company pay its staff adequately and follow reasonable label st- labor standards? Again, something we did not really touch on in the first half, but is definitely a problem. Or not a I mean Something that you as a consumer could consider, I guess. Sure. Um, some cruise lines are ships in countries that allow them to pay low to no taxes. Mm. Um, Carnival is definitely guilty of this. 
Um, and they offer low wages and poor onboard conditions for their staff um, to avoid strict labor regulations. Mm. Um, so one way to know if a cruise operator is abiding by the U.S. statutes and regulations is to confirm that the ships it uses were built in the U.S. and are owned by a U.S. company. Okay. Um, so sadly, there's only one ship w- with a major cruise line at the time of this article, which was, I believe, 2018. Give me one second. I'll double check that for you guys. Um... Thank you. <laughs> I love that music. It will forever haunt my dreams. <laughs> oh, same. If they ever get rid of that music, it's going to be... I will literally cry. (laughs) Oh, okay. So the article was written in 2018. Okay. Since it could be different now. Yeah. But at the time of writing this article, it was the Pride of America was the ship's name and it was based in Hawaii. Oh, okay. And they're the only one that abides by U.S. labor laws. Interesting. Okay. So another reason why it's probably worthwhile to do a smaller ship for a cruise line is because smaller businesses are more likely to register their home country in their home country. So if oh, it's a smaller yeah. cruise line, it's more likely to be registered in the United States if that's the home country that it's in. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, another question, where does, and how does the company source its food? So, okay. yeah. you know, you have to feed everybody. And if you've been on a cruise, you know that there's a 24 seven, buffet (laughs) and that's a lot of food it is a lot of food so um it's apparently there is a what or a program called the monterey bay aquarium seafood watch program that has a website and you can confirm that your cruise line participates in that and that'll i guess that'll be able to tell you if they are sourcing their food locally. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's kind of nifty. I don't know if that only applies to like seafood. Right. I'm not really sure because when I think Monterey Bay, I think seafood, Seafood. but I don't know. I didn't look it up because I just didn't have time. (laughs) That's fine. But if y'all want to, you're more than welcome to do that. That's right. Do your own research. (laughs) Um. And then the last question to ask is what is the total cost of the trip? Because... If you're going on a, so basically the recommendation is if you're going on a small boat that locally sources its food and locally sources the souvenir vendors and the local guides, and you're going on all of these excursions or you want to go on all these excursions, like it, it seems like it could add up to a lot of money, right? Because mm-hmm. um, if everyone's getting paid fairly and if yeah. everyone is being treated appropriately, mm-hmm. like it, it, it adds up. Right. So what is the total cost of the trip? So things to think about is many small ship cruises with responsible practices have higher listed prices, but a lot of them are including all of the different excursions, including, you know, meals. So, and a lot of the larger companies, you know, they charge extra for excursions and like a drink package and, you know, whatever, whatever. So just make sure when you're looking at the price, you know exactly what you're getting for each thing Mm -hmm. and 
compare it with like a larger cruise line that's cheaper, quote unquote. Right, 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 right. So those are just things to consider. I found it very helpful to, you know, kind of, because you can like weigh your pros and cons and see Mm -hmm. what you think. Um, I did look at the Uncruise website and it seems like a really cool, they go to a bunch of different places, not sponsored by the way. (laughs) Um, If they wanted to sponsor us, I'd be down. But, um, but they go to Alaska, the Hawaiian Islands, Colombia, San Juan, Belize, the Galapagos Islands. Perfect for science podcast. Um, So, you know, I think that a smaller ship, you know, that is transparent about what they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, as they take people from place to place is what is a better way to cruise if you're concerned about the environment. Nice. Not concerned about the environment, then that's fine. But <laughs> <laughs> but if you are, <laughs> if you are, yeah, nice. So, what do you this information, Kirsten? How do you feel? What do you What are your thoughts? Uh, it's complicated for me because I could understand. Obviously, I understand the science part. That's not too hard to grasp, and I understand the importance of being environmentally friendly and wanting to be conscious about them. Um. I think that there's got to be some kind of balance between the cruise lines being more responsible that are currently out there, also having more environmentally friendly ways to do what they're currently doing, just, again, more responsibly and more consciously. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, like anything, even on land, when we're talking about small businesses and supporting them and making sure that, you know, there's room in the... Um, uh, room on the playing field for them to be successful also especially when they have these other factors that are heightening that experience because they're still taking you to belize but they're also not waste dumping and not you know being rude to the environment and also giving you a good experience so there's like Mm -hmm. for me it's all about balance because i also get financially for like the majority of people that uncruise may not financially be an option but you still want to give your family an experience you know right i totally understand that and that's why a lot of people do the the main cruise lines because they usually have like package deals and you know just ways to make it financially friendly for you yeah so again i think there needs to be a balance i think the cruise lines need to be held responsible for right yeah you know I mean, just do the right thing like i i think that's kind of <laughs> it's sad to say well, it and, but and i feel yeah. like there's a lot of legislation that could be passed yeah. to like help with that for sure yeah. and i think also outside of legislation i think having that personal accountability or having that person that third party say hey uh if you want to keep running and you want to make this a thing here are the things you need to clean up you know, right. like I think exactly. that's just that's what happens in any other business. So, right. um, I think uh, that's kind of my main takeaway on that. Again, just the balance between them. Yeah, yeah, I agree, definitely. Um, yeah. Hi. Did you? So, hi, Tyler. <laughs> Interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what, what are things that you like about cruising? 
Like what are, when you, you don't like any of it. Okay. Not a fan. I was very sick the entire time. Uh, uh, The islands were beautiful. I will, I will rescind that. I, I, not everything sucked. It was just the, the ship itself. I'm not a fan. I also don't like being out in the open water for the same reason. I don't like being in the air. (laughs) Mm. I just want to be on land. Yeah. One thing, (laughs) one thing about you is you like your land and you like your cars. I definitely do. Mm. I don't, I just, I, we didn't really do a lot of flying when I was growing up and we certainly didn't have the money for cruising. So the first cruise I had was actually with Tyler's family in our uh it was like December of our uh senior year I mm. think it was the first time I was out of the country it was also the first time or one of the third or fourth times I'd been on a plane it was also the first time I'd ever been on a ship and wow. all those things combined so it's just kind of overwhelming yeah um and it you know we talk about price it's not like this was anything to sneeze at either I also contributed and paid part of my way there it was really, yeah you know grateful to have the family's help but you know the islands were lovely and I think it was really great to see uh just the different cultures that we did encounter um like we went to St. Martin we went to oh god it's been so long now that's the only one I really remember but overall the island experience was great boat experience but i i hated that every single moment fair, but fair. yeah <laughs> absolutely sick the whole time <laughs> what about makes, you makes sense <laughs> i mean yeah i think one of the biggest gripes that i like i had a fine time on the boat mm-hmm. i did take meds to help mm-hmm. with that though mm-hmm. um and then i i really liked our onshore excursions and stuff like that Mm -hmm. my biggest thing was just the weather was like not cooperating with us which I mean nobody can control really so um but I like the whole time I was there I was like thinking you know like well you know what are they gonna do with all this food and like all these things that like you know what I mean it just seemed like so much like there were so many people and you know there was so much like stuff going on it was just I was like, how is this okay? I don't understand. <laughs> like- I mean, they they do call it the Walmart of the sea. So I mean, right. it's not like yeah. it's surprising. I honestly, I, yeah. it might be bad. I did not think about any of that. Well, yeah, honest. I mean, but you were like, what, out of high school? So 18, something like that? I mean, sure. But I got to be honest. Yeah. I don't know if that would be my first thought as an adult either. Even if it's sh- oh. like, even if it just because like, I figure when you're planning those trips, even if you think about it for just a moment, the bottom line is you still went and you're there to have a good time and like experience something new. And like all of those factors are good to think about, but also it could really ruin your time (laughs) if you're not careful. Yeah. I mean, obviously (laughs) we, we had the cruise experience to the best of our ability and knowing like, knowing what I know now and sure yeah yeah. you know knowing that you know cruising is not like probably my ideal way to vacation no would probably you know I would think about it a little bit more before I did it again you know what I mean it would influence your future decisions yeah totally that makes sense 
Yeah. And I'm glad that I experienced it at least once and like mm-hmm. decided, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe yeah. this isn't good, like in a broader sense. I don't know. If you love <laughs> cruising, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Like, good for you. Some people really are out here. Like they, they know everything. They go on a cruise every year. They like love it so much. And I'm, I'm happy for them. That's wonderful. I couldn't just from a wellness standpoint. I, yeah, <laughs> I can't handle it. I'll You're never gonna get be my dehydrated <laughs> and just like sad on the floor. I would. I would just lay on the floor the whole time praying land comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Um. Well, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, if you guys like yeah. cruises, let us know. Tell us what you think because. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're going on a cruise, let us know if you like any of these or planning to go on a cruise, if you like any of these tips and see what you think. I don't know. Or if you use any of these tips already or, you know, we'd love to know like where you go and visit. I want to know where you're cruising to, honestly. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can send all of that to us uh, via email at mediocrecontentpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Mediocre Squawks, or you can go over to Instagram and give us a follow at Mediocre Content Podcast. Uh, anything else from you, Blair? Um, I don't think so. I think we'll we'll see everybody next week. Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers.